Where do you go to experience silence? For many of us, it's nature. And yet, have you noticed that nature is never silent? Even the quietest places on the planet are full of sound. So why is it that we find silence and stillness in nature? My name is Rashmir Subramaniam, and I am the host of The Contemplative Edge. Welcome. Listen and let yourself be drawn into deeper inquiry and wonder. If you enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share the podcast with people you know would enjoy and benefit from it. About 10 to 12 years ago, I became acutely aware of man-made sounds, particularly the sound of machinery. I was living in Seattle at the time in an urban environment, though not right in the city centre. And it was sounds such as a lawnmower starting up, or a drill going, or an aeroplane flying overhead that seemed to particularly grate. Now, these were sounds that I was used to, right? They'd always been in my environment. But I think what happened is that it was around the same time that I started to spend more time in silence, even to the extent of not listening to as much music as I used to in the past. And so perhaps it's not surprising that I started noticing these man-made sounds and felt irked by them in some way, as they were impinging on my silence. But here's the thing, nature is never silent. So why do the sounds of nature not seem so irksome? The more time I spent in silence, the more I became aware of silent places. In episode one of this series, I talked about the different silent soundscapes of places that are typically silent, such as libraries or churches or museums or art galleries, for example. These are particularly the built environment spaces that are that are typically silent. But the same is true of nature. So many of us go to nature when we want to be quiet, still, or in silence. And yet different places in nature have very different soundscapes. A lakeside, for example, in the still of morning. A forest with the wind rustling the leaves. A wide open meadow with a big bright sky, or the sea. And consider the sea in different locations, the sea where I live in Cornwall, in summer, when the sea is quite still, has a very different sound to the sea in the middle of a winter storm, or the sea of a Greek island, 
What are some of your favorite places in nature? And as you remember them and see them in your mind's eye, don't just see them visually. Listen. What is the soundscape that you hear? And in what ways does place or different places give rise to the different soundscapes, the different sounds, the different tones, and the felt effects of the place on you? Think beyond the light, the geography, the natural built environment. Think even beyond the history and the culture of the place, although these may too be factors in the soundscape. And as you listen to those memories, can you sense the increased stillness and silence within you? Somehow nature has an ability to create stillness and silence within us, changing our ability to listen deeply, both within ourselves and to others. Gordon Hempton, who I also mentioned in episode one, is an acoustic ecologist. He cares very deeply about quiet and silence and listening and goes in search of the truly wild places on our planet, those places that are untouched by man-made noise. I'll put a link to his website in the show notes so that you can listen to a few of his really extraordinary recordings. What you'll find is that even the quietest places are a cacophony of sound. So it's perhaps unsurprising that Gordon Hempton said, Earth is a solar-powered jukebox. It truly is. And just spending a little time in nature can remind us of that. So while we have some sense of the effect of nature and nature's sounds on us, I wonder whether we are aware of how the noise of our modern world is impacting nature and thus as a second, third or fourth order consequence, impacting us. You've no doubt heard stories of whales being thrown off course by human signals, and scientists are now studying the effects of noise pollution in the Arctic Sea, and particularly on sea life. There's also evidence in natural parks that when human sounds are reduced, There's an increase in birdsong, and there's an enrichment of the experience that humans have in those places. Now, humans haven't just increased noise pollution around our planet, but we've also created a world in which the air is alive with frequency. On some level, everything is frequency, and we have learned to harness many of those frequencies for our own uses. Think of radio waves that really only since the 1900s have been crisscrossing the planet, carrying sound, or the wireless signals whirring around our homes, towns, and cities, enabling our internet connectivity. These are all frequencies, 
even if they are outside of the range of human hearing. So what is the impact of all of this on our world and thus on us? In what ways have you noticed your favourite places and soundscapes changing as more and more people travel around the planet? The good news is that there is increasing recognition of the challenges of noise pollution on people but also on nature. And we're starting to see protective efforts. And while on the one hand I have an image of our population having exploded and spread out at times catastrophically, I also have a sense of a slowing down, a receding, not so much a withdrawal, but a coming back into balance of people and planet. Perhaps the growing recognition of the restorative and healing power of nature is a part of that. We need nature. And indeed, we are a part of nature. And I wonder if that is partly why nature has such a powerful effect on us. When we sit in silence in nature, there are inevitably a few sounds, no matter the time of day. A bird chirping, the wind rustling, a frog croaking, a cricket clicking. And these sounds, these natural sounds, on the one hand punctuate the silence of nature, seeming to give it form or definition. On the other hand, they seem to accentuate the silence. So it's a very different effect than the sounds of man-made machinery. But even more than that, there's something about the sounds of nature that seem to demarcate the silence, calling us deeper into silence, allowing us to know it. And one of my most profound experiences in nature was just sitting quietly, looking, listening, just gently soaking it all in. And I had a remarkable experience of stillness, spaciousness, and expansiveness. But what was particularly remarkable about it was that there was the sense of silence as the scape on which everything was happening, the sounds, the sights, the forms playing out. It was almost a oneness with that silent scape. So nature seems to bring together the experiences of quiet, of stillness, and of spaciousness in a way that is remarkably calming, stilling, and expansive. But we have to get silent to hear the softer sounds of nature. We have to get silent enough to listen beyond the obvious. Because it's only then that the obvious sounds become the background music and lull us into a deeper sense of knowing and awareness. Think of the rhythm of waves crashing on the shore. There is a structure and a pattern to them. Or think of the rustling of the leaves as the wind blows through them. 
and feel the effects of them on your body. Remember the remarkable softness of snow falling and that sense of newness that only a fresh snow brings. So perhaps it's not surprising that just 10 minutes of sitting quietly a day in nature can be quite profound in terms of the healing and restorative effects it has on us. In some sense, it brings us back into harmony with ourselves. We are part of nature after all, so it's not just a one-way effect, but a symbiotic effect. Perhaps part of the power of nature on us is that it enables us to regain connection with an aspect of our essential selves. And beyond that, a sense of connectedness to a larger whole, beyond the belief systems and cosmologies and enumerations and names of things that tend to occupy our human minds. When we are in nature, our whole bodies can relax and tune into nature's rhythms. So the effects are felt rather than intellectualized. And when we do that, we can drop into deeper awareness, a place where everything is clear and compelling, curious and enlivening. In those moments, nothing needs doing. Everything simply is. And everything is possible. Thich Nhat Hanh said, Silence is ultimately something that comes from the heart, not from any set conditions outside of us. And perhaps that's why nature is so powerful. It brings us first back into our bodies. And if we can let the mind settle, it brings us gently back into the power and the wisdom of our hearts. What do you think? Spend some time sitting silently in nature today and let me know what arises for you as a result. Thank you for listening and reflecting. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review over at lovethepodcast.com forward slash contemplative dash edge. And be sure to share this podcast with people you know that might enjoy it. And of course, let me know what this podcast prompted for you by finding me on Twitter at Rashmir, R-A-S-H-M-I-R. And last but not least, remember to slow down, go within, reflect and contemplate so that you can create change from the inside out. Mm